You're listening to Sprout Money's Monthly Wrap-Up with Craig Hemke. Well, welcome back and happy holidays from Sprott Money News, SprottMoney.com. It is Friday, December the 10th, 2021. The year is almost over, so it's time for a yearly wrap-up, 2021 wrap-up. And of course, we welcome back a very special guest, Eric Sprott himself. Eric, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all that stuff to you. Hey, Craig, all the best to you and the listeners, and uh, good to be back again. Uh, as you, probably most people are aware, we had a bit of a health issue in the family. My wife has uh, been suffering, and it's it's taking a lot of uh, my time and uh, hospital visits and whatever, so uh, I can't quite keep up with things the way I'd like to, uh, but uh, looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, well, at least on the medals end, you haven't missed much this year. Um Hopefully saved you a few headaches having to watch this stuff on a daily basis. Hey, and look, before we get started, remember, all of this information, whether it's the uh, the thing I just recorded a couple of days ago with Christopher Mullen, the monthly precious metals projections, it was a great conversation. We looked at the monthly charts, very valuable information. Uh, the Ask the Expert segment, these conversations like this, they're all sponsored by Sprott Money. So be sure to keep them in mind anytime you're in the market for physical precious metal or metal storage. Uh, again, there's just one week left in the Sprott Money holiday sale. They've lowered their prices on a number of the best-selling products with prices that are hard to beat. So look for special price products at SprottMoney.com. Or of course, you can always just give us a call. 888-861-0775. Hey, uh, Santa Eric, I understand you're feeling kind of generous this holiday season? I understand. Yeah, yes, you are. Apparently. You're a very what, generous what guy. Details? All right. Well, I understand that you are giving away five, count them, five 10-ounce silver bars. That's a good deal. Now, all you have to do to enter to win one of these five 10-ounce bars is to head over to Wall Street Silver's Reddit page, and you hashtag Sprott Money, and then tag three of your friends on the Sprott Money contest post. Sounds pretty simple, but that sounds like something you and I probably don't know how to do, Eric. I probably should uh, jump off this call and get on there right now. Yeah. Can, I, look, I would do it. I'm not sure I have three friends to tag in the first place. <laughs> well, you've tagged a lot of people already, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're not my friends anymore after a year like this. But if I had three friends to tag, I would tag them so I'd have a chance to win one of these 10-ounce uh, bars. Anyway, uh, that's all you got to do in there. You go to Sprott. Uh, they're, they're, I'm sorry, the Wall Street Silver Reddit page. You hashtag Sprott Money. Tag three of your friends on the Sprott Money contest post, and then lucky winners will be announced December the 29th. So anyway, thank you, Santa. That's nice of you to donate those. We got to uh, try to keep our heads in the game as we go into the end of the year. We got a lot to talk about today. I don't know exactly where to start. Why don't we start the way we used to back in the day and talk about this, the news of the day. The big news today was the U.S. inflation data. Which, hey, we're keeping up with everybody else in the world, apparently, at least. Um, highest annualized U.S. CPI since 1982. I was just 16 back then, Eric. You were what, 55 or 60. I can't. Anyway, I lose track. Anyway, it's a big number. What do you think of that? Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, well, you know, it's funny, Craig, having not been on this interview for quite a while, I wanted to start off with a little background, actually, and because some of the comments that I'm going to make it might seem from left field if uh, people aren't aware of 
kind of my history and what I might think of people. And I just want to lead off with, look, I'm a skeptic, okay? And um, when I look back at my uh, involvement in the financial markets, I very much foresaw the 2000, the NASDAQ crash in 2000, the 07-08 housing slash financial crisis was, uh, didn't escape me. And, of course, it brings me to precious metals, the fact that you're a skeptic about all the things that we're seeing going on here. Uh, and even, uh, you know, on that same vein, when you talk about inflation, it was reported at 0.8% uh, this last month. That's annualized 9.6. If you actually want to compound it, it's like 10. And, and I don't believe the number. I, I just don't believe the number. I don't believe the number's that that uh, that low. I mean, we see what's going on around us. And, of course, it's not as you and I have talked about this before. There are, uh, for example, the Chapwood Index, which we've spoken about before. He, yep. He's around 10% for the last decade when the U.S. said their inflation was 2%. Uh, like, there's just so many things that you see going up a lot, whether it's fuel, car prices, house prices, health insurance, uh, you name it, uh, it's going up. And I don't think it's going, well, it's obviously not transitory. And and one of the reasons I think it may very well continue is due to the logistical issues uh, that we are all having to put up, whether it's, whether it's uh, trucking mm-hmm. or uh, emptying ships in L.A. Harbor, uh, even the labor participation rate seems to be going down. And we're like, we don't have people who want to work to produce things. Uh, anecdotally, I go down to a very major store here in, in Toronto. I can't find Kellogg's cornflakes. Really? Like, how is that possible? No, no Kellogg's cornflakes. Hmm. And uh, whether it's, you know, they just can't, can't get the truckers or they can't get the ingredients or whatever. And I, I hear more and more that every now and then you see this missing, you see that missing. And, and most of the CEOs are talking about those issues. You know, the input, the inputs aren't available. Where did I sit, read today that Apple is going to sh- stop producing iPhones because they can't get some of the inputs? Right. I read that this morning. So that's a big part of it, right? The fact that when you have a shortage, you're almost at in a position where the, the vendor can increase increase the price because he's got the product so i I don't see it as transitory and of course when we talk about inflation the reason we talk about it is how do you protect yourself from inflation well you certainly don't own a bond that's yielding 1.4 percent when your currency should be depreciating by 10 percent a year because of inflation and you should own gold doesn't necessarily translate that way which i think is probably the next thing we should get into right when I think, think about this uh, discussion we're going to have, I go back to the last expiry on the COMEX, which was around the, the end of November. And sort of halfway through November, uh, my partner and I were discussing, well, what's, what's the max pain level for gold? And max pain is that level where the banking community wants to get the price so that they make the most from selling options to their customers. And it typically closes there and and at the time now the gold price is 1875 and the max pain price was 1870 and it was seemingly under a roll and technically breaking out and then and then and then and then and uh, all of a sudden jerome powell gets renominated to head the fed and gold was down 40 dollars oh no here we go and sure enough on expiry day gold was below 1800 and then that's 
the situation we find ourselves in. And I have a, a particular theory of, I'm going to call it the theory of repression. And some of us might think, well, they're just doing it to get the gold price down so their inventory doesn't have to take such a big loss. In, in truth, it's all about the options. And all these premiums that are written, and a lot of people are buying options all the time and short dated options. Yeah. And, and, you know, typically when you buy an option, everything's staying exactly the same for the time period, you lose 100% of your money. But it's even worse than that when the guy selling you the option makes sure that even if you were making money, which the 18, 1875 guys would have been making money, but when it expired, no, you weren't making money. Yep. So, and I just think they sweep the table. They sweep the table on the stocks. They sweep the table on the options. They sweep the table on the commodity. And it's a huge payday for the banking business. And it, it happens in many things, not just in precious metals, but many things. And uh, it, it's a very unfortunate thing. And I don't know when it comes to an end, but it's something we have to bear in mind. Well, and that's what has made it such a challenging year. You've got that relentless overhang of short positions by the banks that never seems to go away. And it is always an impediment to any kind of rally. I mean, I, I think back, Eric, when in January, I always write my kind of annual forecast and I post it. And yeah, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good. And this year, not so good. I hit the macro stuff, right? I would never, I didn't even think we'd get to 7% inflation like we are. I thought we'd just right. get to three or four and have these sharply negative real rates and I thought, oh, that'll get us up over 2000 Instead, I mean, we're down $100 year to date, and we've got the yeah. lowest real rates in history. How do, right. you, how do you reconcile it, that? I reconcile it with uh, people wanting markets to be where they want them to be. And uh, I've had two words in my mind. They are tamped down. Yeah. And I'm sure you might have seen those tamped down words before yep. by uh, one of the directors of the, the COMEX saying, well, we had to tamp down it's silver. The CFTC Excuse guy. Me? He was the head of the CFTC. CFTC. Yeah. Yeah. You had to tamp down silver. What, yeah. what are you doing? Tamping down the silver market. Well, you know, it's probably part of the playbook, right? Silver and gold can't go with there's in particular if there's inflation. I've always been a believer. If there's an economic data point that says gold and silver should go up, it will do the opposite that day. And as I, I look at where the gold and silver prices are right this second, I see that we've given up most of the rally that we experienced today. And, you know, there's probably decent odds that the gold price is down at the end of the day because they don't want it up. When right. everyone's reading that inflation's up, they don't want them to read that gold's up because then everyone puts, oh, inflation equals higher gold prices. They don't want that. Right. So these are some of the things that we have to... Um, to fight about. So, you know, I mentioned Wall Street Silver earlier, and I mean, they've done a wonderful job. The, you know, it started on Reddit, and then that sub page, the Wall Street Silver page, and the guys that run that page, are, they just do a great job, and they, they have a YouTube channel, and they're really spreading, you know, the, the good word about hard assets, physical metal, and the like, and they brought a whole bunch of new people into the fold as we've gone through the year, and smart people that recognize, you know what, yeah, let's let's uh, diversify out of dollars into some physical metal. But yet, I mean, Eric, I mean, yeah. all they've seen is price go down this year. So what would you, yeah. t you know, for people like that that are new stackers after what they've experienced this year, what, what kind of words of advice would you give them? Well, first of all, I have no doubt 
that silver will go to where it should go to on the upside. I have no doubt about it at all. I mean, you can't keep fighting the forces of physicalness. And, and yes, there is a, a group that's complicit in doing it, whether it's the bankers on the COMEX, whether it's, the, for example, the U.S. Mint, all of a sudden, they don't sell any silver coins. Yeah. Well, you know, when you used to sell $4 million a month and you stop selling them, that's an annualized rate of $48 million. In a market that's an 800 million ounce market, well, that makes a bit of a difference, you know. And so that means we got to find, let's say, what they produce and what they could have sold might be 30 million. We got to find 30 million of buyers here that otherwise weren't going to have to buy it because the mint is working in collaboration with, I'm sure, the Treasury and the Central Bank and all those people who are trying to paint this picture of, uh, of uh, a wonderful financial situation, which we don't have. Right. And so, I mean, is it just, I, look, I, I hate to say patience because uh, you, you've had to stay patient longer than I have. And I feel like, you know, it's, <laughs> geez, it's just been, you know, it, it's such a challenge. But do you, well, do, you know what I do, Craig, when I, when I look at what's going on, and I'm lucky that I've been involved in precious metals for the last 21 years since the low in 2000. And I think of, you know, it rough, was roughly 250 and today it's 1750. Well, it's up 600% in 20 years. Yeah. And for a guy who's participated in it, well, thank you very much. And of course, the stocks have done better than that. And if you could pick even better stocks within the stocks, you know, you, you've generated pretty sufficient return for yourself. So I take great comfort in thinking, you know, ultimately you lose a lot of battles in this game, right? You see it every day when yep. the price of gold goes down $15 in two minutes and you're thinking, oh my God, how can this possibly happen? Um, but ultimately, you know, I'm sure we're going to win the game and we'll see 3000 4000 Who knows what crazy prices we're going to see, but I think there'll be a substantive payoff. I, that leads me to another topic that has been on my mind and everybody's mind this year, and that is the shares. You know, it has been such a lousy, lousy year for the shares. Whether GDX got to, what, 45 or 6 back in August of last year, and now it's about 31. Um, yeah. I, I had an interesting conversation. I think it was here at Sprott Money with uh, Joe Mazumdar, um, you know, of mm-hmm. Exploration Insights. And I also spoke with yeah. uh, David Garofalo, who I'm sure is a guy that you know. Yes. Um, yeah. And they both suggested that, you know, in a period like this where metals prices are flat, but yet inflation is rising, and so your input costs are going up, that it's that's generally a better time for like a royalty company rather than a producing mining company. What are your thoughts on the shares in general at this point? Yeah. Well, let me deal with the royalties first. Okay. And of course, that's perfectly true because their costs don't go up. And the proceeds stay the same, essentially. Okay, they get the value of the gold with no cost. So yes, a royalty company is has better prospects going forward uh, to get an outsized return versus a stationary, and I stress the word stationary, gold company. Mm-hmm. Now, most gold companies aren't stationary, however. In other words, they're out looking, and they spend a lot of the money that they generate from mining on trying to find new things. So... If you can find a mining company who's producing X and in three years he's producing two times X, uh, yes, on the X, the guy who's got the royalty is going to outperform him. But if, if the guy with X goes to two X, the royalty company hasn't done that. Okay, They right. sit there with their royalties. and So there's lots of opportunity. We've seen, in fact, and it's funny, 
we should talk about a great bear resource. Yes, which, I was going to ask you that uh, next. Tin Ross bid for yesterday, and a stock that I didn't own, and I've spoken about it a few times. Like, boy, that's just one I missed, and I like their numbers. And I nearly bought it when there was some issue around 12 or 13, I'm going to say a year ago, and didn't. But there is an example of, of a, a company. I don't even know where it started, but I know it probably was like a buck, and they got taken out at 29. So, And that's probably in a three- or four-year period. Uh, so, you know, there's lots of opportunities if you can focus in on on something that's likely to outperform. So you don't have to rely on the, all the gold stocks going up or the gold price going up. If somebody can make a discovery, you're going to be okay. Yeah. yeah well, first of all, I want to point out to you that I do own it. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, good. <laughs> good for you. Uh, thanks. I, hey, blind, you. think of blind squirrel and, and nut, <laughs> right? Um, anyway, do you think, I mean, we've had a couple things like that. We've had the Kirkland Lake Agnigo Eagle uh, deal in the last couple of months. Do you think, I don't know, you know, we've all been sitting on this going, okay, someday there's going to be this big, you know, move of M&A. Do you think we're any closer to that or these just kind of one-offs? Oh, no, I think we're closer to it. Uh, uh, Now, Kirkland uh, Agnigo was not as good for the market as a cash bid, right? Because people get cash and they have to redeploy it. And typically, if, if you made a lot of money in Great Bear, you're looking for some other stock right. that can do a Great Bear-like thing, okay? And that's not going to be some senior producer. So uh, that's very helpful. I, I happen to own a little company called Amarillo Gold that uh, just received a takeover bid uh, for cash. Uh, so, you know, it's happening. I don't regard the share bids as, as nearly as important as the cash bid. So, and of course, it was rumored that Barrick was taking a serious look at Great Bear. Uh, maybe now that Kinross uh, might have snared it, uh, maybe uh, Barrick will be looking around for other things. So, you know, there, there's going to be lots of opportunity for uh, seniors to buy people who are finding gold, of which we'll talk about in due course here. Well, that's that's what's also frustrating about the miners is that they're spinning off actually have cash flow, right? For yeah. <laughs> seems like the oh, first yeah. time forever. Yeah, I know they got lots of money, and most of them have the de minimis debt. Yeah. So they they, they they've just been afraid to do something uh, because the previous time when all these acquisitions were taking place, it was right at the top of the cycle, and uh, most of those acquisitions ended up being uh, foolhardy. So there's a little reluctance on the part of the seniors to yeah. uh, pull the plug. Yeah. And in fact, when I even look at Kinross buying Great Bear, I mean, I look at, I, I said, well, hold on. I was looking at this thing when it was 11, 12 bucks. Uh, why wouldn't Kinross look at it when it was 11 or 12 bucks? Now, maybe they did. I don't know. But to think that, you know, they couldn't have recognized that this was uh, an interesting opportunity well before $29. That's always what kind of blows my mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, as you know, that uh, sometimes that's like turning the, a battleship to get everybody yeah. uh, moving in the same direction at a big company like that. Hey, uh, and, I, and, I, I might even say the same with Agnico and Kirkland. Yeah. I mean, there was a time, you know. Yeah. I mean, hey, you and I talked about Kirkland for five years. Okay? Yep. We could see what was happening for five years. You know, how come nobody realized it until five years later? Yeah. It's it's a little shocking in a way, but it, and it makes a statement about that the opportunities are there. By the way, because people don't realize and don't uh, step into action that quickly. Yeah, 
Yeah. And if you can, if you can do your own homework and get some people to help you out, uh, finding things like that, finding ideas can certainly still profit, even if the shares, you know, as a, you know, if you measure by the index or the ETF, even if they're going sideways, there's still opportunities in there. And we'll get to some of those. I know some folks are dying to hear about some of the stocks you like. We'll get to some of those in a minute, but I, I do want to ask you about, you know, where we go from here. I personally, I'm concerned about 2022 because it's another election year here in the U.S., you know, even though a president's not up for re-election, uh, most of our uh, legislative oh, yeah. branch is. And so, you know what 2020 was like, obviously, the last time we had an election. And then we've got, you know, what's the Fed going to do? What's the economy going to do? What are your thoughts? Just, you know, kind of big picture as we head into next year, Eric. Sure. Well, uh, I mean, I almost hate to raise it, but uh, I mean, I still think this whole pandemic thing is a huge problem. And when I, I have different views than are accepted on Main Street, if you will, when I, in my mind, I see no effectiveness from vaccines. And I could use many examples of that, whether it's, you know, these fully vaccinated countries, Israel, Singapore, who all of a sudden have a huge uh, spring up in cases, the United States, that's well vaccinated, but all of a sudden the cases start going up. And in fact, I contrast that with some countries like India, where they used to have 400,000 cases a day, they now have 9,000 cases a day. Uh, Japan, they used to have 30,000 cases a day, now had today reported 222. Yeah. And you know what? You think to yourself, what are those guys doing? What are they doing that's different that we don't do? And, and one of the things that they do do is they, one, they allow uh, the prescription of um, ivermectin and I think hydroxychloroquine and other drugs that can uh, deal with uh, COVID, whereas in North America and Europe, we don't allow that for yep. some reason. We don't allow that kind of care. Um, and I think the fact that we spent, well, we're almost pushing two years here, right, dealing with COVID, and bottom line, my bottom line with COVID and the vaccines, totally ineffective. In fact, study out of South Africa, which kind of got covered up by a comment that Pfizer made, said uh, the two vaccines uh, lose for a factor of 40 of their effectiveness against the new variant. A factor of 40. That's not 40 percent. That's a factor of 40. So if you had 100, was, were, were, if it could do it for 100 percent, now it does it for two and a half percent. And then the, the Pfizer CEO came to the way out. But if you take the third booster, it, it then increases that by factor 25. Uh, but the bottom line is, and we've all taken these vaccines, and what do we got to show for it? And, and there's a negative part of the vaccines, which I might talk to later. And I'll talk to it now. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I'm very concerned about uh, what the vaccines are actually doing, and, and right. why do I do that? Because I see, well, for, there's a headline yesterday that was on Zero Hedge, uh, 300, up to 300,000 people facing heart-related illnesses yep. due to, get this, post-pandemic stress disorder. Uh, I don't think so. It wasn't post-pandemic stress disorder. It was, in fact, the myocarditis and the pericarditis that yep. has been very much talked about, okay? And, and then when you see these soccer players dropping off, you know, all the time, um, we I've seen evidence here in Canada of... Uh, Stillborn deaths going up by a factor I hate to talk about it even 24 times. Uh, 
Uh, I see people around me that are experiencing these heart issues. I hear of increased cases of dementia. And of course, the one thing we know is the media does not allow conversation of this, Mm -hmm. which in itself should raise the red flag, right? And I think the last time I was on here, I talked about Cliff High, how I have a great regard for him. And he predicted all these things would happen with the vaccines and the cases and all that stuff. And I used to read him on Twitter, which I'd never used until I found out that's where I could find him. Well, sure enough, now he's not on Twitter anymore (laughs) because they pulled him. And I, just interesting that uh, there was another item about Twitter yesterday where Gisland Maxwell trial, there was some right. website you go to on Twitter that had 500,000 people looking at it, and they killed it. And they just, okay, come on, guys. Do we see what's going on, don't we? Some guys trying to control what we're learning. And it's just wrong. And now we have this new uh, Omicron, which I gather... I gather it may not be nearly as uh, harmful as uh, the original uh, beta and, and uh, delta. It spreads like hell, though. Oh, yeah. my God. It's like four times more uh, factor, four times the spread of the delta virus. So you, you still might overwhelm the healthcare system. So when I, like, is there some price to pay for being totally wrong for two years? to answer your economic question. We've gone through all this stuff. We have these huge deficits. We handed out all sorts of money. Uh, we have logistical issues now. And, and for what is yeah. the question? Yeah, flatten yeah. the curve. Uh, 15 days to flatten the curve, uh, Eric. Yeah. You know, so, you know, as we look forward to how this, you know, we don't know how it's going to play out. Who, who does, you know? Like you said, yeah. two years ago, nobody even had heard of COVID. But as we go into 2022, um, you know, even Powell and Yellen have been forced to admit, you know, it is not transitory, this inflation. You and I, back in 2020, were talking about stagflation as an inevitable outcome of all of the shutdowns and the monetary policy and everything else. Do you think that's, is that going to become kind of the dominant idea next year, this kind of slowing economic growth, but inflation is persistent and the Fed is kind of trapped? And I mean, what, what, how do you think these all, all, yeah. all that plays out? Well, I, I totally believe it. Well, particularly if the Fed ever did what it should do, you know, right. try to they fight can't. inflation. Oh, my God. Talk about deflating. That would just be they, the markets would collapse. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to do that. They're probably happy to have the GDP continue to grow at 2% uh, and not have the financial markets collapse, in particular the bond market, right? And it looks, you know, as what we witnessed today, I mean, why did bonds, they actually rallied today and gold's hardly up at all today. And I guess the stock markets, I haven't looked at it, but the futures were up. So, you know, everything's, everything's hunky-dory here. So it looks to me like uh, much as they might talk about tightening, uh, they're going to have a tough time tightening. And what's tightening? The, you know, we're going to go right. from zero to 50 basis points. Right. Come on. There's, there's no relationship to the problem of inflation that we're all facing. Precisely. Do you, get that. Do, you yeah. think that, do you think that augurs more for something like silver? Because we're seeing so much, you know, action in, in other commodities, you know, and in other inputs, iron ore, lumber soaring again. Does silver and copper... Things like that, do they maybe have more upside yeah. potential? They have all kinds of upside potential. I look at the 
there's silver demand in India and China. Yeah. Uh, I look at the demand that could be there if the mint would sell the coins. <laughs> Uh, I, I look at these countries that have PPIs of over 20 and 30% in Europe. I mean, you'd have to be an idiot not to think that silver and gold would be a, a decent opportunity in such an environment. So it's only because the, the uh, COMEX has controlled it so far. And, but even as you know, the deliveries were pretty good in silver for the uh, expiring December contract. Yeah. Uh, they were good in gold for the expiring contract. So... And every day, there's a lot of people using the COMEX to take physical delivery now on a daily basis, right? Mm -hmm. Where the open interest goes up instead of down. So I, I think that, you know, everything that you and I could want to have happen is happening other than the price going down. And, of course, the price going down is because of weird things. Who knows why? I don't know why the silver price went down 60 cents the other day or yesterday, I guess. Crazy. Right, but 15 Some out of... Some guy making it go down for some reason. Yeah, it's so like 15 out of 17 days in a row, Eric. I know why they might do it, because they want to get their books organized for December 31st so, yeah. so they don't have a big loss. Yeah. That it does not escape me, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but but that's just being crooked, and ultimately, that too will end. Yeah. All right, let's turn to some of the shares, um, I guess, in our, our in our final minutes. Um, I, I, let's start with this, though, Eric because uh, this has been on my mind, this has come up a couple interviews I've done this week, is uh, tax loss selling. You know, we didn't have uh, like a tax loss selling last season last year because the shares are actually up. But now you've got, you know, we're kind of back to like 13 through 18 where, you know, people have gains in other areas and so they're looking to offset that with losses. Well, hey, I've got some losses in my mining shares. You've seen this now for decades. Is there kind of a a calendar in December that you have oh, yeah. in mind that you've always seen in the past where like tax loss oh, selling yeah. wraps up by a certain I, date generally? I'd, I'd say about five days before year end okay. is when it, most people have done things by then, right? Cause you got Christmas and new years and yep. you know, most people aren't thinking about their portfolios, but they're thinking about their capital gains right now. And of course there's so many people have made so much money this year easily. I'm thinking of the, the, the uh, cryptocurrencies, the meme stocks, these things that have gone crazy. And so the profits are outsized in many cases. And, you know, if you have a loss, you're going to take the damn loss so you, so you don't have to pay the taxes. So yeah. that is going on for certain. Uh, it's going to start waning real soon here. Like, I, I have no doubt that anything purchased between now and year end will look good uh, come January 31st next year. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of was my recollection too. Is usually between the seventeenth and maybe the twentieth or twenty-first. It seems to finally be done, yeah. and then you get a lot of times yeah. a rally between Christmas and New Year's. Oh yeah, well that's because you know there's, there's a two-day settlement. So what you buy and whatever date it's going to be December 29th, that goes into next year. So and you can't sell it and get the loss on December 29th. I don't know what the exact trading right. days are at the end of the year this year. I haven't looked at it, but there's it, it ends before the end of December selling yeah well so hopefully maybe that'll help us uh once we you know over the next couple weeks then we'll flip the calendar of the new year and we'll just see where we go from there um eric i we we put out that you were going to be on this week and of course folks have sent in uh, a number of names a lot of them uh repeat names so there's a lot of consensus 
Uh, I know there's a few on your mind. You want to start, or do you want me to start? Sure, sure. No, let me let me start. Okay. Because uh, I, I will start with the whole Newfoundland gold play, and I think I talked about it the last time. And why did I go there? Because I had all these experts talking about how the two plates collided in central Newfoundland, and there's all this manifestation of gold. And uh, whether it's uh, Quentin Henning or Rich Goldfarb or Ian Hansberger, these are really skilled people all saying that there is a tremendous endowment there. At the same time, we had a couple of companies, and I'm going to refer to Sokoman and Newfound, that were hitting it out of the park with these high-grade, nice, fairly wide intersections. And um, uh, Ian Hansberger described his potential being as big as the Apatimi, which had 180 million ounces. And I thought, okay, that really intrigues me. And, of course, mm-hmm. you match, marry that up with the results that Newfoundland has Newfoundland, Newfoundland gold, Newfound gold has had. Uh, I thought, man, this thing, I think it's going to come together. Now, there's been a problem with Newfound gold because they had a, uh, where they were accused of bias in some of their sampling. I think that problem is going to totally go away. Okay. My prediction, just so that people know, we'll see. Uh, I think the, the sample size of 30 samples is way too small to be drawing any conclusion about any bias. Uh, and the other problem with the Newfoundland uh, province is that the labs are backed up and, and nobody else has really hit another hole that makes us draw the conclusion, okay, here we go. We do know it's kind of universal for Newfoundland, but we, we can't quite draw that conclusion, although there's lots of wonderful soil samples and till samples and high grade and all that, which su- suggests it's going to happen, but we haven't really had enough confirmation that people are going to go, okay, this is goes over long distances and uh, lots of people are going to find lots of gold there. So I, that's where I have been concentrating and, and I own, you know, newfound gold. I know Labrador exploits, uh, Canstar, all sorts of companies there that I'm hopeful that that theory proves out. If I, I you own so much up there, if I wanted to actually just go buy property do I have to contact you? Is that? <laughs> no, I wouldn't advise that. Okay. And there's lots of guys hunting around for property still. Okay. Like if I even sure like beachfront, right? Because you've got yeah, right. almost a whole island or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, okay. What uh, some of the others that are on your mind? Well, um, first of all, I, I did get an update on Wallbridge recently. Uh, the stock's seriously underperformed. I kind of had the feeling when they, they were going for the 43-101 that uh, it probably wouldn't be well-received. Now, I can, I'll say this again. I probably said it lots of times. I do not like 43-101s because they're so conservative that as you see the drill results, you, your mind is working about how big this deposit is going to be. And the 43-101 comes out, it's always, almost always disappointing, both in grade and size because they got some guys cut it. But Wallbridge uh, did have a, I guess, close to three and a half million ounce uh, 43101. Uh, they still have lots of areas to drill. And of course, to get it to the 10 that I might hope for, uh, they've just got to sit there and pound holes in there. And, and, and I suspect that they will come up with 10 million ounces in due course. I hope by the time they do that, that the gold price is better and the environment for gold companies is better. Mm-hmm. Because right now, with kind of a low-grade deposit and the price of gold sort of uh, whimpering along here, there doesn't seem to be much interest in that. Like, and, and, of course, also with some of these high-grade 
developments going on in, in other companies. Um, I could talk about Discovery Mind, Discovery yeah. Silver. Yeah. Uh, they came out with a, uh, um, a PEA that suggested it could be with, I think it was around a billion and a half Canadian. It traded around 600 million Canadian. Looked pretty good. I'm sure that'll get bigger. Of course, I'm a big owner of First Majestic. Uh, I think things are going better there. I'm hoping that uh, Jerry Canyon will help them out. Uh, I could talk about free gold. They just had some holes out. And you know what? I sort of have a dispute with the management of free gold. And I keep saying, look, will you just focus on the high grade here? Because they, they'll come up with three meters of 20 grams, and but 800 meters of one gram. And I just think that in this market environment, you know, it's a lot easier to mine the, the, the three meters of high grade versus the whole, you know, capex billion dollar development that you can't possibly fund yourself. So, right. But so I think it'll be a good deposit. The two door Teuton thing, uh, Treaty Creek, the the ore the ore body, they came out with a uh, re- reserve of get this 19 million ounces and and uh, inferred of. Uh, I think it was. It had a total of 26 million ounces, and the drilling's been spectacular. I mean, it looks like it will be quite a, a lot larger than that. And and they're hitting higher grade, and it just seems to go deeper. And deeper is not a problem when it comes to um, uh, underground block cave mining. In fact, it's an asset to be lower. So I'm pretty keen on Teuton and Tudor and American Creek. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, I've been a little disappointed in some things that go on in the mining companies. I, one of my pet peeves is these uh, transactions that tend to destroy market cap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a la Kinross yesterday. <laughs> you know, if you're a Kinross shareholder, you're not a happy camper today. Yeah. You just lost 10% of, of whatever you had, and uh, which in, in their case is like maybe almost a billion dollars in market cap because of a $1.8 billion takeover. That does, just doesn't seem right. And some of the companies that issue stock, and then all of a sudden, you know, because they issue the stock, it comes under pressure. It's almost like the short sellers are, have been given fuel here or something. And I've seen that in too many cases. I saw it in Mag Silver recently. I saw it in Silvercrest earlier in the year. So I, I would wish that the managements would think about, you know, what happened to the stock if I do this? And some of us don't like to wait for the five years to to see it manifest itself. We'd much rather see it manifest in the next five months. So I just put that out there. Are there other companies that you'd like me to? Well, um, uh, let me, how about if I veer off into uranium, you know, Sprott Inc has been all over uranium. Uh, are you yeah. dabbling there at, at all? That, that's not me. I don't, okay. I'm not in uranium. I know that, uh, Rick rule, uh, and yep. the Sprott guys, of course, are big in uranium, but, uh, I'm not in it at the present time. I tend to focus on precious metals. Okay. And just a couple of the other names that were commonly asked, uh, Pure Gold is not one I've ever recalled yeah, really talking oh about. Oh, yeah. No, that's been a, oh, been a tough performer. Again, it's a beautiful ore body start up the mine, and it has not performed well from a mining perspective. Uh, I mean, I have stayed in touch with the management that keeps suggesting it's going to get better, uh, but the proof's in the pudding, and there's no proof yet. Yeah, I mean, yes, they come out with great drill results, but hey, you got to produce the gold, okay? And I know they've had some management changes there, and um, hopefully things will change. I still own every share I ever own. I still own every share of Walbridge I ever own, so I'm taking a big kiss here. Um, but 
I think the ore body will win out in the case of uh, pure gold mining. Okay. Uh, that's actually, we touched on most all of them, Eric. I, uh, is there anything else uh, that's popped up on your radar as of late that you might want to share with everybody? No, not really much new. As you know, I've been a big believer in the silver companies, even though the price yeah. of silver has not uh, met our expectations. But I own a lot of silver companies. I still pay high prices. And, you know, for example, as I look at Discovery with a billion ounces equivalent silver, and imagine the silver price going to 50 Whoa. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. invest, as an investor, that's what you have to imagine, right? That it's a very good chance of going there. And, you know, when it goes there, you're not going to buy it for these prices. So you have to kind of position yourself ahead of time. I'm quite uh, keen on things, even though the uh, performance has been disappointing. Maybe, as you say, when the tax loss selling ends, we can uh, start flying again. I certainly hope so. Yeah. Well, and as we wrap up, let's just double back um, to silver. Again, uh, Sprott Money is working with uh, the good guys over at Wall Street Silver. And we have that contest where if you can win a 10-ounce Sprott Silver Bar just by going to the Wall Street Silver Reddit page and put on the hashtag Sprott Money and tagging three of your friends, that will get you entered. Um, for not only the Wall Street silver people, but for everybody that is, and this has been such a challenging, frustrating year because so many things that would typically in the past have driven precious metal <laughs> prices higher. <laughs> it's been the opposite. Um, so what, what, do, you, do you stay the course? Do you, do you just keep averaging? Just add, buy, add to your stack on the dips? Do you buy PSLV, all of the above? Just what are your thoughts for folks that are still kind of relatively new to this? Understand that things are upside yeah. down. But what, what would you, you tell them? You know, Craig, uh, I looked at two charts recently, and they were the charts of Great Bear and Kirkland Lake. And I went back historically to look at them. And you look at some of those times when the stocks went down. I mean, there was a time that uh, Kirkland stock fell by 50%, only to totally rally right around again. Great Bear had many times when, you know, it, people would question the veracity of is this going to work out or not. And the same with Kirkland. And meanwhile, you know, you get your 10 and 20 bagger out of it. Like, man, that's, those are paydays, okay? Those are serious paydays. So, and I'm happy to see that the uh, Wall Street Silver Reddit crowd is in here. And I love looking at the, all the uh, pictures of the people collecting their various coins yeah. and bars and silver. So all the credit to them. I, I'm always happy with the work that our friends at GATA do. Bill Murphy and Chris Powell, boy, they had to hang in there. <laughs> I, uh, Bill, Bill does a daily commentary on the gold price. <laughs> That's a tough job for anybody. <laughs> Tell me about it. Anyway. Yeah, I, I know. Hang in there. Thank you too, Chris. <laughs> yeah. It's it. I've been doing it. TF Metals Report for uh, eleven years now, and it only feels like it's about thirty-five. Yeah, right. Your day's coming. Well, not that we haven't had days. We've had days, right? I mean, the price of gold's done okay. Price of silver's done okay, but oh, we get more bad days than good days. So let's yes, try to stay optimistic. Well, I wish you more good days than bad days, uh, personally. Uh, for the entire Sprott family, and uh, I, I just I pray that you have a, a safe, wonderful, relaxing holiday season with your family, Eric. And I and I hope we can uh, visit again, at least on a semi-occasional basis uh, in 2022, sure. as as things maybe get more fun again. Yeah, I'll, I'd look forward to that, and uh, all the best to your listeners. Let's hope that uh, uh, 22 is way better than 21. Not that there weren't some, there were some big wins. Uh, Alla, you owning Great Bear, 
Yeah. Congratulations. So hey. there's opportunities out there. Let's uh, we got to stay stay the course here. Yeah. And and, and just one reminder again, uh, this content. If you want to be alerted every time there's something new from Sprott Money, like this podcast, if you want to hear it first, you got to sign up for the Sprott Money newsletter. That's another thing you'll find at SprottMoney.com. And so again, besides great deals on metal and metal storage. Uh, you can also get all kinds of great information there as well, SprottMoney.com. And if you want to do some holiday shopping, uh, give us a call at 888-861-0775. Eric, my old friend, all the best. And uh, again, I wish you a uh, safe, relaxing, peaceful holiday season. Hey, Greg, keep up the good work, man. I'll try. <laughs> I can't make any promises. But anyway, hey, hang in there, my friend. All the best. Okay. Thanks a lot. Bye for now. And from all of us at Sprott Money News, SprottMoney.com. We hope you have a great holiday season, and we look forward to a very prosperous 2022.